guys, welcome back to Victories of Victoria. So happy to have you here. I'm so grateful for today. I just want to remind you that if you find this episode helpful for you, entertaining, makes you laugh, makes you cry, whatever it is, and you know somebody that would really appreciate it, share this episode, share the podcast, send it to your friend, send it to whoever you think would find joy in this episode. I would really greatly appreciate that. And while you're at it, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. You can also leave me a review on Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts and you listen to them. Thank you. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Victories of Victoria. I'm sure you can still hear it in my voice a little bit, but I was hella sick last week. I mean, not hella, hella sick, but like pretty sick. Sick enough for me to be like, oh my God, do I have COVID? Like I was freaking out. I took like five home tests and they were all negative. And by like the sixth day, I called my PCP and my midwives and I was like, y'all, I, this don't feel right. Like I'm still sick. And I think the reason why I did that is just because I'm so used to not being sick for more than like four or five days. Like growing up, my mom would call me like her little water buffalo in Vietnamese because I was so like strong, like a water buffalo. Like I would get sick like maybe once a year, you know, I was just always I'm like a very healthy person. Anyways, so after like the sixth day, I was like, something's not right. Like, what the fuck? How come I'm still sick? I feel like shit. And being somebody who's like very energetic and very like upbeat and like active and shit and like just being slumped for that long. I was so worried. So I called my midwives, I called my PCP and they were just like, you're literally growing a human being in your body. And this human being is taking up a lot of your nutrients, a lot of your energy and your immune system isn't as strong as it is when you're not pregnant. And I'm just like, oh my God, thank you so much for telling me that because I was so scared. But let me tell you how I got sick. Okay. And I hope this is a learning lesson for all of you that are listening. I have been moving. I've been moving from my old apartment to my partner's family home, which is so exciting. Like we're going to live with his parents and they're going to help with the baby. And I'm so grateful and so blessed, seriously, to have such a beautiful support system. But so I'm moving, right? And I take it upon myself to like do hella fucking moving. Like I'm just, I'm just moving as if I was not pregnant, (laughs) like six months pregnant. So I'm like dragging hella shit everywhere, picking stuff up. And in my mind, this is how I like, I just like make it seem logical to myself. Like I reason with myself. I'm like, well, I lift, you know, like I lift so I can lift like this much amount of weight so I can like move this, this much stuff. But it's more than that. Right. It's just like the organizing, the getting it together. And I was doing it by myself and like picking things up and putting things down and driving back and forth. So it isn't just like going to work out when you go to work out, you go and you like I'm working out to get healthy and I, you do it for like an hour. I was moving for <laughs> like like three, four hours a day. And I was doing it by myself. It got to a day when I got hella, hella tired. Like I think after like three hours in the morning, it felt like I had worked an 18 hour shift physically. Like I felt like I was like at a restaurant working, serving food, running back and forth for 18 hours. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so exhausted. Right. And my partner and my sister, like they were there and I had made plans And I was like, oh, I'm tired. Like, I don't know if I want to like, you know, go through these plans. And to be honest with you, I just didn't hold my boundaries. Like I wasn't like, no, I'm staying home, you know? And I kind of was like, okay, like, I guess I'll do it. And of course, lo and behold, next morning, sick as fuck. Like I woke up and my throat was fucked up. I was like, oh my God. And right then and there, I knew yesterday, like the day before, if I had listened to my body, 
listened to myself, listened to my intuition, stayed my ass at home, rested, slept, I probably would have gone sick. Like I'm so certain of it, but I didn't. So the lesson learned here is no matter how much you know, the universe will always give you an opportunity to honestly prove yourself that you know these things, right? <laughs> like, like the universe is like, okay, Victoria, here's an opportunity to, you know, hold your boundaries and uh, take care of yourself. And I was like, mm, not today, universe. And of course I got sick. I also think that like I manifested it just so that I can honestly take a break because my brain wouldn't allow myself to take a break. And it goes to show that we're always learning and we're constantly growing and we're constantly reiterating like the the lessons that we've learned. Like I've learned this lesson many times, right? That putting yourself first and putting your health first is the most important thing because without your health, you don't have anything. And this is just another reminder that it's like, hey, Victoria, it's really important for you to, you know, rest, especially while you're growing a human being. And, you know, while I was laying there, <laughs> hella dramatic, just like, oh, my God, I'm so sick. I literally was just like, I'm so grateful for my health, <laughs> you know, and 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 I think that's a great lesson in itself. Like if there was one thing that I learned from being laid up in bed for freaking over a week is that I'm so grateful for my health. I'm so grateful for this beautiful, strong body that like carries me in day in and day out. Like this is my number one, my A1, you know what I mean? Like just such an amazing, like extraordinary job this body does for me. And not only does it do it for me, now it's helping me grow my like son in my body, like in my womb, which is incredible to think about when you really think about it. It's just like, what? You know, like I'm growing his arm, his legs, his fingers, his toes, his mind, like his soul, like all in this body. And, and there has to be some respect on on that. Right. So yeah. Anyways, that's what's been happening this past week. And I felt like honestly a little guilty. I was like, fuck, like I should be working. I should be podcasting, but you know what? I love myself and I'm going to take care of myself. And I think that's more, not, I think I know that's more important than anything else in this world. And because of that, I'm able to come back sooner and, you know, do the things that I love, which is talk to you guys. So today, episode 15, I want to talk about survival brain and how it shows up in our relationships. So survival brain is exactly how it sounds, right? Like your brain is in survival mode. And the opposite to that is our learning brain, which is exactly how it sounds as well, was when you're able to, you know, have a calm mind and take in new information and you're able to like do tasks without finding it too stressful. Whereas in survival brain, You can feel overwhelmed very quickly and everyday tasks can feel really difficult. And survival brain usually is from just trauma, like big T or little T, right? A big T can be something like being physically abused and little T is like, you know, people commenting on your body or honestly, I feel like even that can turn into big T if it's done so much and so consistently, but, or like being scolded by your parents, which I feel like can also turn into really big T trauma if you're being like verbally abused, right? And I think that survival brain, the easiest way to think about it is like, it's just black and white thinking, right? Like very defensive. You're unable to like veer from routine because it feels like a threat to your survival, right? Because every, whatever routine that you've come up with for yourself has kept you safe up until this point or what safe feels like for you. And survival brain is very like all or none, like black and white. So that's what survival brain feels like. And it's it's very, very, very much like trauma induced. Like it comes from 
being traumatized and not really taking the time out to like rewire that. So you have your survival brain and and as I'm saying this, I'm sure a lot of you are like, yeah, like, like that's me. Like, I, I definitely get like that. But you just wait, girl, because because <laughs> we're going to talk about how it shows up in relationships and you're going to be like, damn. OK, so in relationships, right, are like we all I mean, not we all, but like I assume that a lot of us want like a loving partner, somebody who understands us, somebody who listens, things of the sort. However, your comfort level or like the energy level that you're comfortable with, you're used to is what you will attract. So people who a majority of the time live in survival attract other people who also live in survival or reiterate that identity for them. Right. So I I can talk about my personal experience. Like when I was at like the height of being in constant survival, which is like, honestly, most of my life, I think that up until I started my healing journey was when I truly started to open my mind up to learning, like even learning in school was so it didn't feel safe because I always felt like, oh, man, if I make a mistake, someone's going to make fun of me or someone's going to make fun of me for like being poor or someone's going to know that, like, I don't know this. And a lot of that is also learned from growing up with a with an immigrant parent who didn't have education, who her herself felt very self-conscious. And I just absorbed that like that energy and like kind of like how I was going to be viewed as well. Right. So on that note, like you go into relationships thinking like knowing that you want a certain level of respect and love and blah, blah, blah. Yet you accept you accept the bare minimum. You accept below average. And that can look like somebody else who has big T trauma that isn't resolved. And both of you might not even know that you both have that going on. Right. It could look like somebody disrespecting you, not taking you seriously or criticizing you like in ways that's not constructive at all. Honestly, a lot of this might sound horrible, right? Like people probably like, what? Like, why would anybody want to be with somebody like that? But when you're in that that level, that that frequency of I do not love myself, like subconsciously, then you will be okay with people who treat you like that. Furthermore, it can also show up in ways like not being able to accept other people's way of thinking, right? Like that this is not just like a different set of values or morals or, you know, just like core values of like, I believe that we should be good people. And like, not that just like, if your partner says something and that's like, that doesn't exactly align with how you think you're like, oh my God, like that's just, that's just ridiculous. And you just like, it just makes you very uncomfortable because your partner's like, so because in your, in a relationship, your partner's so close to you. Right. But so their different way of thinking makes you feel like your identity is being threatened. Right. And your identity being threatened is a sense of safety being threatened because your identity is who you are, like how, how you find your safety. This can also look like when you feel like you're being used or taken advantage of, because you've experienced that in the past, like especially people with big T trauma, like, you know, like maybe your partner's actually asking you to do them a favor, but you feel like you're being taken advantage of or like you feel like you're being used. So you just have to make sure that like it's tit for tat, right? Like if I do this for you, then you have to do this for me. Whereas in a healthy relationship, it's very much like it's like you lean on me, I lean on you. But it's like it's there's no point system, right? Like there just can't be because it's love and love. You can't really calculate love with like, okay, I do you, I do you this favor, you do me this favor. But when you have been taken advantage of in the past, 
you know, and, and on a subconscious level, you were always going to be like, well, I drove you here. So now you have to do this for me. And it's like, what? You know, it's like, why do you think like that? That's survival brain. You know, that's survival brain. This can also look like, oh my God. And this is so me back in the day, all or none thinking like either you love me for me or you don't love me at all. Like you love me no matter what, or you don't love me at all. And I remember, and man, like I remember this so far back, like when I was like 16, I remember like being so proud of like being a ride or die ass bitch. It's so embarrassing to say out loud, but like, I don't know if like any of you guys like were like that when you were younger, but like, I just remember being like, yeah, I'm ride or die. Like no matter, <laughs> I can't even say all this straight face, like no matter what, like I will always love you. Like you can go to jail, like you can get arrested. Like, you know what I mean? Like no matter what, I'll always love you. And like, what? Like, that's crazy, right? Like that's so crazy for me, like to think about now as like a healed human being that's like very aware of herself and very aware of like what she's worth. It's like, I will not love you no matter what. Like if you go kill somebody or like if you do start doing like hella, like really dangerous things, like I'm sorry, but that's where I draw the line. Like we're not going to be a couple anymore. Like I'm not ride or die, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, like that's just not, that's just not how I think anymore. But when you're in survival brain, you think very much all or none, like, because you would hope like your partner will love you no matter what, you know? And, um, and of course, of course, in relationships, like you're, you're going to go through very difficult times together. Sometimes it's like, you know, with family members or like things that you honestly is out of your control and you have each other to like lean on one another, to love another, like to love one another and to be a like, you know, just understanding of like each other's situations. But this like all or none, like I love you like through thick and thin. Like, I mean, nah, I'm not saying that, not that like, like the whole like, yeah, like I'll be like a prison wife type shit. Like that's, you know, that's just very much putting yourself in a place where, you think that you don't deserve more than that. And like, you have to go through that to be loved. Hey guys, I'm just hopping on here to tell you about my freebie. Yes, it's a super short book, but I love it so much. It's tips on how to heal generational trauma. Go ahead and go into my show notes. There's a link on there. Press on the link, put in your email address and you'll get the complete book on how to heal generational trauma. It's so good. I worked so hard on it and I'm so excited for you guys to read it. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. Let's get back to the show. Bye. So another way that you can tell when you are in survival mode or survival brain in a relationship is when you cannot have a conversation about your relationship, when it immediately brings you extreme anxiety. This can look like your body literally just reacting and being like, you just start freaking out and breaking down. And this is definitely a trauma response too, especially if you've been scolded heavily, right? Like you've been like so honestly, verbally abused by your parents when you feel like you're in trouble at all times. And this happens, this really happened to me growing up because my mom was so stressed out that like everything we did, it was like, what the fuck? Like I was so ready to get yelled at about anything every single day, you know? So even in my relationship now, sometimes like when I do something, I'm just like, and I almost like, like overly explain myself before like anything like so like for example if my if my boyfriend comes home and like the dishes aren't done I'm like oh no like I was gonna do it but then like and he's like what he's like relax like I wasn't gonna say anything it's okay like we can do it later together like it's not a big deal and I'm just like oh okay okay and then I I thought about it I'm like what the 
fuck, you know, <laughs> like, and the reason why I get so anxious like that is because my mom would flip shit, you know, and given now that I'm an adult, like I understand like, okay, she just worked her ass off. She's just hella stressed out about bills, about all this stuff. She's in her, she's in survival mode. Right. And I'm like a teenager at home. I'm not doing shit in her eyes. And she comes home and the dishes aren't done. Like the chicken isn't pulled out. Like, you know what I mean? Like the laundry's everywhere. So she just, she snaps, you know, but because I was scolded so much from such a young age, like it just left an impression on me that like, oh no, like I'm going to get, honestly, I'm about to get my ass whooped, right? Which is me going into survival mode and getting really scared. Not until I'm in like a healthy relationship where, you know, my partner's like, it's okay. Like you don't have to get all this stuff done all the time. Like you can relax. And, and this would show up too. Like if you, if you are in survival mode or if you are in fight or flight, then you always feel like any type of confrontation or like a conversation, even just about the relationship can really trigger this emotion in your body that is just fear. Like you're just scared and you can either like get really defensive, right? Just like, no, 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 no. Like I wasn't like trying to explain yourself. You can like just completely shut down, you can cry, you can avoid, like there's so many ways that it shows up for everybody because everyone's so different. But all in all, it's just a sense of like threat, right? Like you're, it's threatening you because you don't know what's going to happen. And then this kind of goes into another point is like not being able to completely relax with your partner. Like, have you ever been like with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, partner, like whoever dating somebody, I don't know, but you're just like chilling on the couch, but you don't feel like you're chilling. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he or she or whoever is watching TV and like you guys are both watching a movie or something and you just feel hella anxious. You're like, oh my God, like I should be doing something. Like, am I, is this okay? Like, I'm, I don't know. Like, and it's not even like, so let's say it's not even like a first date. Like you're actually in a relationship, right? And this just, this can come out as like, okay, I need to be doing something at all times. And this can be like cleaning, organizing, which also comes from like the parental trauma, right? Of like feeling like, fuck, my mom's about to fucking flip shit. You know what I mean? On me. Or like going out. Like I had a partner once. He always wanted to do something. Like he always wanted to do something. And we would it just we couldn't just chill unless we were like fucking smoking weed or something. We're just like both like fucked up. But like he always wanted to like go out, talk to somebody, do something. Like he just could not sit still. You know, it was just a distraction. It was a distraction from him, from his own mind, right? From his trauma. And then like that's how he survived from his own personal traumas like to stay distracted whereas for me like if we could chill like I would start being like oh I just need to clean this and clean this and clean this like I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't sit still like I couldn't like seriously just like relax with him because I felt like I had to prove to him that I was worthy because I was like doing something and I know it sounds crazy right like it sounds like what like why would you have to do that when you're like in love with this person and you feel comfortable with them but it has nothing to do with that person it has everything to do with you feeling like you have to prove yourself because this is how you survived when you were a child. You know, especially for us first gens, we had so much on our shoulders, right? There was always something to do, always something to do. Not until like, honestly, not until like very recently was it okay for me to like go to my mom's house and like just not do anything, you know, like, I mean, even now, I mean, honestly, like she still has stuff for me to do. I just have better boundaries, 
But there was always like something to read, something to translate, you know, something in the house. Like and growing up, I was the oldest of three girls and like my mom. So there wasn't any there wasn't masculinity or like masculine energy in the house. So I would be the one fixing stuff or like putting things together. So, yeah, I mean, you get so it gets so ingrained in your like, honestly, your freaking cells that you just feel this sense like this need to continuously do something all the time. And yeah, that could be survival, that could be distraction, but whatever it is, it can really be detrimental in your relationship because you're not able to relax and really open up your minds and have a conversation, right? And the last one I want to I want to touch base on is talking about like really sensitive subjects, like not like your past traumas, but things like money, which is crazy because I feel like money is so important to talk about with your partner, right? I mean, I feel like that now. But man, like the like I used to go through like so like extensive lengths just to avoid talking about money with my partner. Like I would not it would not be something that I would be comfortable talking about because I was embarrassed. I was so embarrassed on how I spent my money, like how much money I had. Like I just I just didn't want him to ever judge me, like my partner to ever judge me on it because the money was my way of like coping. It was like my like one of my coping mechanisms with my trauma. Right. And if in my brain, like the way I like, like it reason with myself was just if he found out how I spent my money, he's not going to love me because he's going to know that I'm just shitty with like my money, cancel, clear, delete. But and then he just and then he won't love me. That. And then like your brain goes into survival mode because it's like, well, I need this attachment. I need this attachment for love. So I, I wonder if like any of you guys are like, oh, my God, that's me, you know, because I feel like the whole money thing. And it's crazy because we look into like statistics and it's like so many like divorces or breakups are usually around finances. And I wonder if it's actually around like the amount of money or just being able to communicate it. And if we like really knew if more of us understood like, oh, I have money trauma, right? Like I have, I have, or I just have trauma period, or I feel embarrassed about this. And that's why I get so defensive about it. Because once you get into defensive mode, once you get into survival mode, your brain is so dope. Like your brain is so dope. It's going to make sure that like you survive, right? That's why it takes like so much awareness and so much like honestly, courage and hard work for you to like stop yourself and be like, whoa, hold on. I'm feeling feelings of shame and guilt and all this stuff. And that's not really serving me right now. Where is this coming from? Right. And once you can start like deciphering that and like breaking that apart and like really like looking into yourself, you can have this this like almost neutral feeling around money around or just around like, you know, your relationships and around how you speak to your partner and just understand, okay, how can I learn from this? Right. Like, where am I going with like these thoughts? Like, is it going to somewhere productive? Is it going somewhere where it's going to enlighten me? Like, how can I learn? Right. And that's when you start switching from your survival brain to your learning brain, which is literally what you have to do. So it's like, what actions can you take to get out of the survival brain? And it's literally linking every thought and action back to a specific time when you felt like this. And I feel like I always go back all the way back to like my childhood, right? Like my childhood up until honestly, even my teenage years, like I'm like, oh my God, like this is making me feel like that one time when mom came home and she got hella mad and threw shit at me. You know what I mean? So like, so like no wonder I feel hella scared right now. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So then I, once I link those like memories together, 
and it's not like living in your past right it's more so like okay like I know like that happened and that made me feel this way that's why that strong emotion is still being ignited into me today and then once you start doing that then the next step is to love your inner child you go into and you're like oh it's okay baby like it's okay like I'm here like I'm, I'm going to take care of you. And you become like the person that you're the baby version of you really needed at that point, you know, or even the teenage version of you. Right. And then you ask like, and then and, like you start asking yourself like, okay, like what if actually everything is okay right now? Right. Because in our brains and survival brain, you go from like zero to a thousand, you go like, oh my God, everything is going to get fucked up. Like the whole like world is going to fucking end. Like, you know, just all these things. But instead of asking like, what like what's the worst possible scenario you ask yourself what if everything's actually okay like and then you go into like the thought process like everything is okay I'm okay and then slowly slowly you bring yourself to this place of like oh my god I'm okay you know but immediately like if you still feel like that like strong sense of danger right ask yourself how do you feel right now like how do I feel right now it could be like I'm scared I'm nervous I'm you know, whatever it is. And then you ask yourself, what do you need right now? And then give yourself that. That could be a glass of water. That could be a meditation. That could be calling a friend. That can be, you know, internally resourcing. So finding some love within yourself. And then, yeah. And then just constantly working at that, right? Like we've all been programmed, you know, like these programs in our minds have been instilled in us when we were children. Okay. Like when we're not even conscious of like our thoughts. Right. So it takes time for us to rewire that and get out of that. But with an effort, you with like lots of effort, and lots of love for yourself, you can really stay in the learning brain, right? Stay curious, stay loving life, stay wanting to know more. Like your freaking like colors start becoming more colorful, you know, like not just like this dark gray cloud over your head all the time. And you will know when something is right for you or not, right? Like you will intuitively know, like, is this person right for me? Is this situation right for me? Am I, am I coming from a place of like traumatic senses or am I coming from a place of like, oh, I'm actually in danger, you know? And if you, and you don't know, then girl, we got to work together. You know what I mean? Like you, like reach out to me. I will, I'm more than happy to, you know, have a clarity call with you and we can talk about what things come up for you. But I do encourage you to push these boundaries with yourself, question yourself, you know, become acutely aware of yourself because the more aware you are of yourself, the more you can change and like become the person that you really desire to be and live in a happy learning mode. And you deserve it. You deserve to live in your learning brain and not your survival brain. You know, you deserve to have the life that you truly, truly want and you truly desire if this all sounds interesting to you or if you just want to learn more, you can always book a clarity call with me. I'll leave it in my show notes. But it was so good talking to all of you today. I can't wait to hear all of your thoughts about this and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.